0: Hello and welcome to the Power Vibe podcast uh, with me, David Hall, and I'm joined uh, today for the first time by Chris Smith. Chris, how are you doing today? Good. Doing great. How about you? I'm doing good, man. The uh, The weather's uh, pretty good. The rain has held off. I was looking at my weather forecast at the beginning of the week and it was saying it was going to rain every single day. Uh, that got my uh, my mood down, but that seems to have held off for the time being. So uh, it's it's brightening my mood a little bit. Yeah, I was excited. It, it warmed up a little, but then it got cold again. Right. And my my uh, my mom and sister are visiting at the end of the month for the first time. So I'm hoping that it, the the rain doesn't hit too hard in that time and then it's nice and sunny for them. But yeah. we shall see. Yes. But anyway, so uh, we are here. This is the Power Vibe podcast. This is the first episode that we're doing. Um, this is a new creation that you came to me with and wanted me to um, kind of help run with you. Um, The basic premise of this uh, podcast is what, Chris? Why don't you tell the people who are listening what we're trying to do here with the Power Buy podcast?
1: Sure. Well, it's two words, power, which means in control or, you know, you have the power over the control of. And then vie is to fight, like vying in a struggle or a fight. And so what we're going to do is give you the information so that you're in control of your service service territory and you're in control of gaining market share. Because when it comes to increasing the number of customers you have, in order to do that, you have to take market share, which means you have to take it from someone else. So it's a fight. It's a struggle. And so this podcast is designed to give the business owner the tools to recognize where they are in the fight, what weapons they have in that fight, and then how to maximize each of those weapons and strategies so that they can gain market share at the lowest possible price point. So they they grow their business, um, you know, using guerrilla techniques, uh, traditional marketing techniques, and it puts the business owner back in control of their marketing, rather than turning it over to just a marketing company and trusting them to handle it all.
0: Interesting. Now There's two things I wanted to hit on in there. One, you said it's a fight, right? You know, with the vi the vi aspect of the word um, for someone who you know hasn't been uh, in the sort of like marketing world anywhere near as long as you have. Um, a fight sounds almost um you know it's 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 a word that i wouldn't even necessarily directly associate right off the bat with uh you know marketing your business you know like it, right. it, it sounds quite aggressive um but why would why do you use that word in particular why would you say you know it, it's a fight that you need to 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 get your your share of the market as a business
1: sure so historically the way a business would market is they might run a double truck ad in the yellow pages so they may You know, it's a two-page ad, just a big company of their business. They they make that advertising decision in the winter or the spring, and then that advertising runs all year long, and the way you get leads is is pretty much set, so you can't change it. Digital marketing has changed that. So what that means is everybody's going to digital marketing because that's where your customers are. Uh, Your customers are online, they're on social media. So when they're looking for goods and services, they go to the internet to find them. So what that means is we have now a real time instance to where a customer is searching for a service in those milliseconds, the fight occurs to put your name at the top of that list so that you're the one they call. So because of that, when we come in and like we work with your company and we set up a budget and we set up all of your digital strategy and we start taking market share away from your competitors in that area, they're going to want it back. And so what they're going to do is they're going to start raising their budgets and they're going to start improving their SEO. So it's a battle back and forth. And each time we're we're all, all of the companies are battling for a piece of the market share. The good news is the market share is large, so it doesn't take a whole lot to win small gains, but it does take uh, definitely strategy. It takes definitely budget and it takes a commitment to stay with the data analytics so that you learn exactly how much it costs to take that market share. And then moving forward, you can adjust your spend and budgets accordingly. So that, like, let's say you're a million dollar a year business now. Next year, you want to be three million. If you've deployed your marketing in a, in a power of I prospect so that you're going in to learn to take control, then it just becomes a math problem. So I know that, uh, you know, I, I, let's say I spent $150,000 this year on marketing. I gained, uh, let's say, 150 customers just to make the math easier. Then it cost me $1,000 per customer. So if I mm-hmm. want to gain 200 customers next year, I would spend $200,000. Obviously, it doesn't cost $1,000 per customer. That was just to make the math easy. It's <laughs> normally, you know, it's normally less than $100. But either right. way, either way, it's a struggle. And it depends on where you are. So the struggle for the Atlanta market, which is, where we are. You're at, which is where we are, would be more customers, but there's also more companies. So the the the, the strength of the fight depends on providers to demand. So let's take uh, heating and air conditioning, for example. If you have a population of 50 million people in your general geographic area, and you have a million HVAC companies, and you have one company per 50 in population. So the fight is severe. And it, it's all based differently. So uh, the mobile market is different than the Atlanta market. The San Francisco market's different. Every market is different. Hmm. So you have to come in with a, a power of strategy to learn where you are in that market, what your competitors are doing in that market, and then what techniques you need to use to gain market share. We want to get those customers, hold them, and then turn them into evangelists.
0: All right. Well, thank you. So what? Um, let's take it back a little bit then. Okay. Um, let's take it back to, uh, you said we, you know, like uh, how we do certain things, how we can help you, et cetera, et cetera. When you say we, who exactly are you talking about there? And what what is the we that you you were kind of alluding to back a minute ago?
1: Sure. So I'll start out telling you about me. Mm-hmm. Um I'm Chris Smith. Uh, I'm a licensed HVAC contractor in the state of Georgia. I uh, started out working on slush puppy machines doing refrigeration repair way back in the early 90s. I
0: haven't had a slush puppy since <laughs> I was maybe six, seven years old, I think. Yeah, that's a throwback and right there. I think I could maybe have one a year and that would do my right. sugar for the year. <laughs> yeah, so I was a
1: slush puppy repair technician. Then I got a job with a large heating and air conditioning company here in Atlanta and um, a couple of years in. I took the test, got my license and started my own business. Uh, my wife, Michelle, uh, ran the inside office of that HVAC business. And then, um, after about four years, we sold it. We sold the business and transitioned out just because the workload was so large and our children were very young. So we sold the bills business. And after that we started doing marketing for heating and air conditioning companies. Uh, she founded a business called all contractor marketing back in 2006 and what the the company does is it, it tries to market your company just like we would if it was ours. So we go into it being a, a good steward of how we're spending your money. We're only buying marketing that works to grow your company, not marketing based on our profit margins. So because of that, it has been very well received in the industry. We've grown organically across the United States. Um, We now work with hundreds of HVAC, plumbing, electrical, pressure washing, painting. There's just every home service company you can imagine. We work with them uh, doing their marketing. Uh, I do growth consulting. So I come in and look at internal business processes, what needs to be fixed. um, You know, how do we can change your business development process, how we change your sales process uh, all around the customer journey. So what does the customer see from the first time? They find you all the way through the end of service, and how do we take that customer journey and maximize it so that it's a great experience for their customer, and then that customer becomes an evangelist, which will tells tells other people about the business. Mm. So, so your
0: so your experience in um, having you know worked in all these different industries yourself, and then. Leading into creating this marketing company has enabled you to create something unique because you know exactly what people need as opposed to what you tell them they need.
1: Yeah, the difference between, um, I guess, us and a lot of companies is that I've been in crawl spaces, I've been in attics, I've sat across the kitchen <laughs> table from the homeowner talking mm-hmm. about a service they need or selling them a product they need. So I know the customer's perceived fears, and um, I know how to take a message, to clarify a message, to address those perceived fears. And then that's just one part of it. It's also um, just, and we'll get into it in this podcast, there's just literally a million little points that changes. It starts with your marketing, then it's your message, and then it's how you you handle the customer through the journey, how you provide the service, how you, you go the extra mile, and then how you generate the reviews that really you know, boost your business and helps your marketing work more effective. Mm. And what's also helped us is that we see behind the curtain of hundreds of companies all across the United States. So we see what works and we see what doesn't work. So we've, we've learned very valuable lessons about, uh, we have a company in, let's say Arizona that's doing it this way. It's been really profitable, works really well. Let's try that down here in Georgia. And most of the times it does correlate so that, whatever's working there usually will work here. Also I'm a business M and a broker. So we'll, we'll take the company, we'll grow the company through consulting and marketing. And then we can also provide them an exit strategy through uh, listing the business for sale.
0: All right. So we're uh, from, from birth all the way up to, (laughs) up to the end, through the whole life cycle. A to Z. Yeah. (laughs) All right. That's really interesting. You know, it's, um, I imagine it's quite rare to uh to have somebody work with you especially in a marketing sense where they've really been there and done that as well so you know you can relate in that sense um so I can imagine that people are able to connect with you in that in, in that way quite quite well
1: yeah it's uh it's really a change for them because uh we're, like dealing with any other marketing company if you call them and you go hey I need a new website they'll say okay and give you a price Versus if you call us and you go, hey, I need a new website. Our first question is, why do you need a new website? Mm. Let's let's look. What is the goal? What are we trying to accomplish? Is this website mobile first? Does it have a fast download speed? Can we use it? Can we utilize it? Um, we may be able to shift that budget to pay-per-click rather than a new website and generate more revenue. So we're, we're definitely going to provide the solutions they need rather than just providing the solutions that make the most money.
0: All right, well, with that in mind then um the power Vi is you know is not only a podcast it is a strategy that you implement right yes so why don't you um, kind of explain to us in the best way that you can without giving away too many secrets um, how exactly does the power I strategy work and then also you know how does how is it setting itself apart from all these other marketing strategies that might exist you know
1: sure so we come in um, we'll look at where you're located. We'll do a competitive analysis for the companies around you. We'll look at the population and the demographics. Then we're going to look at your messaging, um, how we position your service and correlation to your competitors. So let's take, for example, um, a lot of the references I use will be heating and air conditioning just because that's that's where I grew up. And cut that's my what you teeth. know. Yeah. So the difference is there's different levels of equipment. So if you're selling a, a lower budget end unit, that's a whole different message than if you're selling a premium brand unit. That's a different customer. It's a different uh, message and it's a different process. So someone that's just looking for the cheapest price, that's a lower end customer. You you provide them based on price. If you have a, a customer that's a wealthier customer or they're they're looking for quality, maybe it's their last home, their family lives there, they have sick relatives or a a sick mom or dad with cancer or some health option that they're really focused on price is not what they're concerned about. They're concerned about indoor air quality, comfort, reliability. So when you go to that customer with a low price, they start questioning the quality. So it's a value perception. So you got to know your demographic and the city that you're located, how your competitors are positioning themselves, what product or service you offer and carry, and then how your brand is perceived in the marketplace. So we put all those together so that it, when the message is right, the message is clear, and it correlates with the correct demographic based on the product that you're servicing, then you connect with a the customer. They start to understand and feel an affinity toward you and your product. Also, um, what we do is we take those the messaging, and then we put an entire spectrum of digital marketing tools out. I won't tell you all of them. simply because it's a trade secret. But we put a litany of digital marketing tools out there and we're going to run a test. And so we're going to determine, it usually takes about nine to 12 months to run the full test. And then after that, we have the data we need moving forward to really give you the power to compete against your competitors. It solves the unknown for the home service provider. So a lot of what happens now is... uh, like, let's say you have a painting company and you go, I really need to get some new business. They go, well, I need to do some marketing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's just a roll of the dice, right? We don't know. We're going to try, let's try the Clipper coupon. Let's try a billboard. Let's, right. You know, my buddy's got a billboard. It must be working. Let's try that. And so what happens in the life cycle of a business is until you solve the marketing problem and you actually have the actionable data, it's just a roll of the dice. And so you'll waste a tremendous amount of money. So the power PowerVive process puts you in control so that we solve all of those unknowns. And now you know moving forward where your customers are, who we're targeting, what your message is, where we're positioning you, your competitors, and where you need to run those ads. Mm. And most of our customers stay with us because of our responsiveness and our uh, the cost of our services. But technically after they go through the power of process, they wouldn't have to stay with us. They have all the answers so that they would know how to direct their marketing moving forward. And some so, even bring in I- an internal marketing person to handle it for them. And we try to oh, really, them. yeah, we'll help transition them over to that. Uh, the internal marketing person will do a lot of the, the, the light lifting and then lean on us for the heavy lifting, like uh programming and you know, cascading style sheets, stuff like that.
0: Right. So the, the strategy then is like a, um, like you said, you said, you said it's about nine to 12 months that yes. it's like a, almost like a discovery phase.
1: Yes. That so really
0: helps them to understand exactly what they need.
1: Yeah. And what we're doing is we're testing the, the market. So we're testing the, the customers in that area and we're testing where you are positioned in regards to your competitors. So, um, let's say for example, Atlanta. There's, I'm just going to guess, there's probably 200 heating and air conditioning companies in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, they, they'll they all have, so the largest I'm going to assume is Cool Ray heating and air conditioning in Atlanta and the smallest is Bob's heating and air, one truck guy. <laughs> so each of those companies has a slice of the market share. Cool Ray will have a much larger slice. And because of Cool Ray's marketing efforts, they've answered all of these questions. They, they're big enough. Their budget's big enough. I'm, you know, I don't know, but I'm going to guess they're spending upwards of fifty thousand dollars a month in pay-per-click. So, Good Lord, yeah, it's a lot. It's a tremendous budget, but they know the data. They know where their customers are. They know what it takes to gain market share.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So those those smaller companies won't know that until they invest the money and the time to run the test. And and you have to spend enough budget so that you learn the data. So now we know exactly. Uh, where you are in regards to that market share and what it takes for you to take market share. So would you say then that you
0: think just from your
1: you know, your research
0: and your, um, you know, the knowledge you've gained over the years with marketing and everything, would you say that the majority of companies then who are um, spending money on marketing are misplacing the money they're spending? Or is it just a case of they're just kind of firing bullets and hoping that one hits?
1: What we normally see when we take over a campaign from another company is that we see a tremendous amount of waste. So Mm -hmm. um, like uh, a a lot of business owners try to buy marketing based on budget rather than performance. And so when you buy a low price provider, there's a reason that that price is lower. Um, A a marketing company that knows what they're doing, they know the analytics, they know the space, they know your niche. There's a demand for them. They don't have to discount their prices. Mm -hmm. So when you're buying a discounted marketing or your you you know my my son's best friend does he took a website class in high school I'm <laughs> what you're actually doing is just you're wasting precious time and you're also wasting budget because it's not going to produce a return for you and most likely it's going to be a wasted spend
0: so what would you say then is i mean this is this is quite a difficult question to answer i suppose because it, it it's probably quite um dependent on the the case but um would what would you say is like the um like a bad marketing strategy versus a good one
1: um the biggest waste i see is that there's two types of marketing there's lead generation and branding Mm -hmm. lead generation is marketing that we run that makes the phone ring so uh, when we run that marketing our goal is to get your phone to ring or someone to book an appointment online through your website uh there's also branding. What branding is, is like a billboard, a television, radio ads, uh, something, even sometimes social media is branding where I want someone to remember my name, right? Right. Well, the, the problem is the biggest waste I see are smaller companies spending money on branding marketing. So if you're like, let's say your your marketing budget's less than $150,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And you're paying for a billboard, you're absolutely wasting money, um, because you're what you're doing is branding. Now, if you can just run that billboard for 20 years and you don't ever need any leads, then yeah, people are going to remember your name, and the the guy that sees you at the uh, grocery store will be like, "Hey Bob, I saw your billboard." <laughs> you know, so a lot of people think that their billboards are working, or radios working, or televisions working, because they'll get a little bit of feedback from the community and they feel like, wow, everybody's seeing my billboard. Mm -hmm. In reality, only five people mentioned it. So that's the biggest waste I see is people, um, small companies spending money on branding advertising rather than lead generation. Now, once you have a general foundation of your digital marketing, you've got a great foundation. You've got website, pay-per-click SEO, social media, all of it covered. You can add branding, And that'll lower your cost because people will have an affinity for your brand in your digital marketing because they see that billboard when they drive by to work twice a day. Right. But until you have that digital foundation, it's not going to pay the bills if you just keep running billboards.
0: So PowerVibe strategy then is going to be building those blocks so you know exactly what you need to be spending and when.
1: Right. Right. Interesting. We'll, We'll get you to a branding level. You're just, if you're not, there yet, it doesn't make any sense to do that. And the biggest mistake I see is that companies will go, well, Cool Ray runs billboards, so it must work. Mm-hmm. Well, Cool Ray also owns, you know, Cool Ray Field. You know, they run millions of dollars in television advertising. So it, it, they're able to do that because of their digital marketing is rock solid. They've, right. got, you know, a strong They've built ICO. that platform. Right.
0: Okay. Well, that's it. that's I'm sure that there is somebody out there listening to this who this is brand new information to um and they'll uh they'll hopefully be tuning in to uh, all the other episodes that we'll have coming. Um you know what's what you mentioned earlier that we're hoping to speak about certain things in the future on this on this podcast with different episodes. Um so what kind of things are we going to look forward to as as a listener that that might that might be entailed
1: in these certain episodes? So uh, if you look at growing your company, and I say, "Hey, how do I grow a company?" One hundred percent that is tied to the customer journey.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, so what does that mean? That means the customer's perception um, is your logo professionally designed. Is your message clear? Are your vans clean and wrapped? Um, you know, are your technicians well groomed and dressed? Clothes tucked in, shoes polished. Um, when they tried to make an appointment, how easy was it for them to book an appointment? Um, did you show up on time? Did you remind them of the appointment? And literally, if you if you start from when a customer starts to look for your business all the way through providing that service, there's literally thousands of little touch points. Mm-hmm. And it's about uh, you know your website strategy. What is a mobile first website strategy? How does that go about? uh, clarifying your message. What is your message and what do you do? Um, you know, a lot of people, I see a lot of websites that have a lot of words on them, but they never really tell the customer what it is they do. Agreed. And and the customer doesn't know what you do. They don't know what HVAC stands for. They don't know a plumber is who I need. If my hot water heater goes out, mm-hmm. they just don't know. And so we have, you have to spell it out. It's actually called the the burden of knowledge. What the burden of knowledge is is if if I'm in the industry, I have a level ten knowledge about a subject. When I try to explain it to the layperson, I'll usually bring it down to about a six or a seven to try to make them understand. When in reality what they need it brought down to is about a three or a four. Mm. And so that's a, a difficult process. So all of those little steps, hiring employees, training employees, progressive steps of discipline, um, Paper performance cross-functional work teams. Um, you know, there's literally a thousand little touch points that all come together that improve that customer journey. Mm-hmm. And that's why the, the power of I is giving you the control to be in the fight and to win, to gain market share. Mm. It's not just about marketing. It's not just about pricing. It's about every step of that customer journey And how do we carefully control it so that when that customer engages our company, our products or services, they walk away and go, wow, Mm. I wasn't expecting that.
0: It's not just one thing. It's the whole thing. It's
1: the whole package.
0: I tell you what we need to have an episode on. We need to have an episode on service providers wearing booties into the house. We had a, we had someone come and replace a water heater in here the other day, and they left, and there was just footprints everywhere when they really? left. I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> and like, that's
1: that's part of it, you know. Some
0: it is right because you know right. I was saying to Emily, I was like, I, "I didn't hire them to be fair, my father-in-law did," but I was saying, I said to her, I was like, "You know what? If 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 I had paid these gentlemen to come here, I don't think I would hire them again." Because they moved my couch out the way. They left dirty footprints the whole way through the house. And there was water on the floor and everything. And I was thinking to myself, you know what? Even though they replaced the water heater fine and the water heater runs great and it looks great. And I'm sure they did a perfect job with that. They've messed my house up. And even though it took five minutes to clean up, I'm not going to go buy them again. You know? Right.
1: Right, And that's that's the confusion that a lot of companies have. They focus on being like, they want to have the best installation of the water heater. Mm-hmm. The copper's level. The solder lines are perfect. There's only an eighth of inch of solder. There's no burn marks. We clean it up. This install is perfect. But what they missed was the footprints they left on the floor. Right. The couch they left out of the way. The water that was spilled on the floor. Because those, those three and fours. Right. The customer's perception. See, you. You've, you frame that paradigm. Based on what you know, and what mm-hmm. you know is, I don't know if the water heater was installed correctly, but I do know he left footprints on my exactly. floor, so he's probably not with it. You know what I mean? He's not, mm-hmm. he's not thinking about me and putting my needs first mm-hmm. because he's just going to expect that I'm going to clean these footprints up when he leaves. Right. And so, that's, well, all, that's a perfect example of all the little touch points of managing the customer journey.
0: And that's what we're going to fix with this podcast we're going to hit on everything, every single thing you can think everything. of. <laughs> and hopefully, you know, in the future, we're hoping to have some guests on too. You know, um, you know, a lot of people. Uh, I certainly don't know as many as you do, um, but you never know. Um, we're hoping to have some people come on in the future who can bring their level of expertise to areas that we may not necessarily have as deep a knowledge in, um, but that they can bring. And hopefully, you know, we can ask them questions that listeners might have and that may they, they may not have been asked before but that whoever is listening can take something from it and really learn to dominate their market share. You know, that's what we're here for. We're here to help. Um, Really enjoy talking with you today, Chris. Uh, It's been great. I'm really excited about um, the future episodes we have in here where we can get more specific about really certain topics that we can expound upon and um, hopefully give some people uh, a chance to learn something. And um, if you are interested in, um, in following up with us, we, uh, we are on YouTube. We do have our YouTube channel on there. Just search for the Power i podcast. That will come up on there too. And wherever you get your podcasts, if you're listening to this over audio feeds, um, we'll be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, wherever you get your podcasts, we will be there. Guaranteed. <laughs> um. Please leave us a review on there. If you liked the, if you liked the, um, the podcast today, give us a, a, a thumbs up on YouTube. Leave us a review on Spotify, Google, all those places. Uh, we'd love to get your feedback and know what we can improve, what we can bring in the future that you want to hear about. Um, anything, anything you want to share, whether you're having a good day, whether the weather's nice with you, whatever it is, um, come check us out. And uh, if you liked us, uh, spread the word because we're really trying to um, build something here that we can um, help people with.
1: Hey, real quick before we go, absolutely. I, I told him about me. Why don't you tell us about you?
0: Oh, sure. I mean, very briefly. I'm I'm not very in, an interesting person, but uh, I'm I'm David. I'm David Hall. Uh, you may have guessed from the accent, I'm not from uh, Atlanta, <laughs> uh, but I do I do live in the uh, Greater Atlanta area. Um, moved over here to marry my 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 beautiful wife Emily. Uh, we met in L.A. at acting school. Believe it or not, um, Chris. You and I started working together about nine months ago. Um, things have uh, shifted a little bit more recently, but I'm, um, I'm looking forward to the future and, uh, yeah, really just trying to, um, to learn and grow as much as I possibly can at the moment. Um, this is a new venture for me. Um, but I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. It's uh it's good fun, but, yes. uh, I, I won't bore people too much with me because, uh, I don't have many business expertise to go along.
1: I can, I can act. <laughs> that's, that's half of business. Believe it or not. <laughs> Maybe you, so. It is. If, if you can act like a good CEO, if you can act like a good leader, then you're a good leader. <laughs> All right. I'll remember that. <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Chris. Is there anything else you wanted to leave uh, mention before we go? No, just uh, keep coming back because the topics are going to be great. We're going to just really uh, get down to the nitty gritty. Uh, we're going to share some really practical tips, some things you probably never thought of. Um, it's not just about spending money to grow a business. It's literally about managing your customer's journey and their expectations. And uh, when you get that in check and you get a great culture, you'll be shocked at how fast your business will grow.
0: All right. That's what we want. We want people to be shocked at how good things are going. Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much again, Chris, for joining me today. Um, it's, been, it's been wonderful chatting with you. And thank you to you if you are watching here with us. Thank you for looking at my face for the last 30 minutes. Um, it can only get up from here. Um, and if you're listening on audio platforms, uh, you just have to imagine what I look like, (laughs) but thank you so much. And, uh, you will have a wonderful rest of your day. Take care.